Do you want to? Do you want to just start off, you know, dear listeners, and just get straight into the questions, and then we can record an intro after, or do you want to get straight into the? Do you want to go straight from the top, Alan? Um, I'll I'll do the intro quick. I, I like massaging the ego of people that I respect, so you know, I've I've no problem with that. Um... <laughs> Welcome once again to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. I am delighted to be uh, setting up another interview with a creator. Uh, our guest today is no stranger to Coffee and Heroes. Um, uh, a year ago this month, he made the journey to our store and was greeted with a sold-out Q&A session followed by what seemed like a non-stop signing and picture session that went on for nearly three hours, and he didn't complain once. He's worked for Marvel, DC, Valiant, and is described by his partner in crime, Tom Keane, as the single best artist working in comics today. Although I'm pretty sure Tom Keane says that about every artist he works with. It was, <laughs> it was an absolute privilege to host him then in what is still one of the proudest moments for the store. And it is wonderful to be able to catch up with him again now. Uh, your host is always Alan. I'm joined by Keith. How are you? Joined by Roddy. Hello. And dear listeners, today we are talking with Clay Mann. So it is great to talk to you, sir. How have you been? I must say you planned your trip around the world at the absolute best time. You know, you managed to, you know, tr- travel around the world before... The world was turned upside down, I have to say. You know, how have you and the family been in 2020? It's certainly been quite the year. Yeah, quite the year. I'm ready for... Uh, I'd like to just skip forward a couple of years, close my eyes. Yeah, and uh, and what about the uh, what about the, the family, Clay? Everybody everybody adapting and uh, and doing all right? I mean, how have you... Uh, how have you coped and adapted to the to the lockdown and the, and the restrictions and in and work and, and in life in general? I mean... How are you? How are you keeping your head screwed on? I feel like before I should answer, is how do you guys view it? Is it real over there? I live in Florida, so obviously ninety-five percent of people think it's fake. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying that our government is any better than yours, or that, uh, or that uh, you know, our people are any more sensible. But certainly, there's more people wearing masks than not um you know people are obeying the restrictions for the most part for example i mean we we much prefer to sit down in the same room and record together but uh, we're not we're recording over uh, over skype and things like that so so yeah i would say real we've still got some conspiracy nuts that think it's that think it's fake but uh, but for the most part it's a real thing yeah so i mean when it first started i'm like oh this is nothing like i draw all the time at home I never have time for anything. I'm like, nothing's changing for me. So, but it was pretty rough to watch, you know, people who aren't used to it. But like, it has gone on for a while now. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely over it. But I take it very seriously. And I kind of don't understand how people don't. So that's, that's really my only, uh, my only problem with it is like just wear a mask i don't care just put, put the stupid mask on <laughs> i don't it's know not hard <laughs> it's not hard and it's like it's also like you know just uh, i just get so angry i could go on and on mm, yeah. it's gotta be the laziest <laughs> it's just the laziest thing in the world 
even if it's not true and you don't believe it, can you just make everyone feel at ease? Yeah, it's I about don't. helping others, isn't it? Well, we'll we'll, ahead, re- we'll redirect the conversation away from the the horrible nature of the world instead, and I'll let Roddy introduce some happier stuff instead. Yeah, okay. Batman and Catwoman, it's yeah. real. It has a release date. Uh, how exciting is that for you? After presumably is a, a year or two of work gone into that. How how exciting is it to see it finally have a release day, be in previews? What what's that feel like for you? I mean, it's exciting for, you know, I I draw all the time and stuff, and it's not really fun for me until I see it colored and then printed. So I'm excited for it to start coming out. I do enjoy, like, reading what people think about it, and it feels real now, and um, I'm also every day now it's a step closer to finishing, and mm. uh, which I'm not saying in a bad way, just, like, it's always nice. It's 12 issues. I've never done anything like that. It's going to be rough. And in that way, I'm already looking forward to like looking back on it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's started and the ball's rolling now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you said last year that you were thankful to DC. It was one of the things that, you know, we, we almost saw it as a store exclusive breaking news during the Q&A because the news had just come out that it was going to be slightly delayed because, you know, you wanted to do all 12 issues yourself. You were saying you felt like it was something really special. Uh, I mean, we've had pre-orders for it ever since that Q&A event, believe it or not. So as, as Roddy was just saying there, I was just curious how far along were you with the art just simply because with the lockdown and the, and the delays and so forth. I mean, I'm, I'm a DC guy through and through and mm-hmm. doomsday clock was you know it was it was hard to take as a dc fan because there was such quality there but the release scheduling was just really upsetting for, both as a store and as a fan and we're currently getting something like three jokers which is now coming out consistent as gravity and is a really great piece of work so you know are, are you now far enough along in this because of the delays in the world that you know the release schedule will just be monthly and you you hopefully don't feel as much pressure i would guess because of having a little more time no i feel plenty of pressure <laughs> uh the when when this whole thing started like the pandemic there was a part of me that was like selfishly thinking and then when dc stopped like you know putting out books for a little bit you know i think maybe a lot of people thought it would help but um it it didn't <laughs> you wow. know I don't have kids and stuff, but like I'm watching other guys with kids and fam- bigger families and trying to, they've got kids at home and, you know, just their lives are interrupted. Like it's just not as simple as one would think. And for me, like, I have a hard time drawing when I have things on my mind that I feel like are more important. And um, so, no, it didn't really help the pandemic. When the book was first announced for, I think, last January, I knew that was never going to happen. And from day one, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, like, and I don't think I'm, I mean, I don't know if people know, but I'll just tell you, like, also the book takes place from, I don't know if it's from, but it only takes place around December to New Year's. So the whole story, so then when January wasn't going to happen and they were trying to push me for like summer, this makes no sense to me to do a book where there's like Christmas decorations and snow and 
you know i'm like why why rush me and not just put it out next december so all 12 issues end in december again like to me it just i don't know that was my plus i did want more time on the book but i just thought it made more sense for like the theme of the book yeah but no it's gonna be a gruesome gruesome year for sure that's uh that's interesting to hear clay because uh i, I sort of have a reputation of being a wee bit of a a bit of a Christmas grump, and uh, does that mean I'm going to have to be looking at snow and Christmas decorations for the whole year? No, I would say winter, maybe. <laughs> but no, there's some, there's definitely Christmas stuff in it. Yeah, maybe uh, you will get grumpy. Sure. <laughs> he he doesn't need an excuse anyway, so don't worry about that. But I I think that's really interesting actually with the release scheduling. It actually puts in mind something like the long Halloween, which you know, was released at certain holidays and to coincide with it and so forth. And it took place over, over a year. So I actually think that's, you know, really, really smart idea and a really easy way to tie it in because even the preview imagery we've seen so far, as you say, it's all snow based and, you know, very winter wonderland sort of style. So, yeah. And I know no one's going to care like in the middle of summer, it doesn't like i guess someone could say it doesn't make sense to like launch it in december but it makes sense to me so yeah i can see the sense i can see the sense yeah it's cool symmetry i and think it'll... jim lee even said when he posted his variant cover that like he drew snow in it and i think even he commented on it it's nice to draw snow when knowing the book is coming out in the winter or something yeah, I mean, you were you you touched upon it there. Obviously, the the pause in the industry that maybe the perception is that that would have helped, but obviously, there's very real world problems on top of that. I mean, it, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, the pause in the industry it actually helped our store in a way, and and I know a lot of stores are are struggling in the aftermath. Certainly, this side of the world, we sort of felt sorry for ourselves for a week or two, and then we decided, you know, we've we've spent a long time building this store. We're going to try and take advantage of the time. So, you know, we got a website built and added new bits and pieces, you know, so we, we sort of changed the idea of what the store was a little bit. And I was just curious with the, the extra time that you guys were afforded, did, did the story change in any way? Like was, was there constant polishing of it of we can improve this or was it very sort of stuck in place in terms of the, the, the story and the structure? No, I don't, I don't remember anything changing at all. Yeah. Tom's, Tom's like super far into it. I'm obviously not as far. Um, but no, I don't remember anything changing at all. I'm just like, even when it, the pandemic hit and DC stopped doing the books, like I was like so happy. It sounds selfish too, but I was also like extremely happy that we didn't rush a launch or anything like that because then I'm like, I don't want it to stop and like halt and. You know, I would rather the book be coming out when things were a little more settled and understood how you would go forward in like this pandemic and stuff. So, Clay, were you told, were you actually told, you know, the whole like pencils down thing or did you did you carry on with it? Was it just so important to get it done or were you actually told to stop if you don't mind me asking? No, um, I don't know anybody at DC who was told to stop drawing personally. I was um, never, we, we got emails like privately that like, said that won't be happening and just keep going. Uh, and yeah, I was never, they were pretty good about that. 
I mean, it's kind of nervous when Marvel did it, or I don't know. I really don't know what was in order, but I remember hearing about it. And yeah, it was a little nerve wracking. But part of me, it was also like, well, I don't like, I don't really know why it would affect me because I'm doing a book that wouldn't even be coming out anyway. So they'd be paying me to work behind the scenes anyway. So I was a little, I never really thought it would happen. No, no pencils down. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Um, uh, tell me a bit about, um, so like kind of on a day-to-day basis, what is, what is your collaboration look like, uh, for backup, but you can, you can tell me about other collaborators too. Um, do you just work off the script or you do you bounce off ideas? Do you get to change a lot of things or do you just kind of go as it is on the script? I mean, I try to go what's off in the script because I'm also like, I mean, I know my job, so I try to stick in my lane. You know, I don't want Tom bossing me around about things in my art. <laughs> but when we started, there was like, the book is 22 pages and we had an idea that I, well, I had an idea that I threw to Tom, like maybe he could just write 20 pages and let me kind of um, have two pages to like, if there's a fight, maybe I can extend that. Or if I want to do something visually and um, we did that the first couple of issues and it seems to be working. So maybe we'll keep it going. Um, so that was a little fun, but no, I try to, I try to mind my business for the most part. Um, and if people don't like the story, they can just completely blame Tom. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, we heard that one before. Cause I, I seem to remember you saying the nicest compliment anyone ever gave you was at a convention and they basically reamed Tom out for heroes. And I think it was for heroes in crisis you know, terrible story and awful and destroying these characters, but then they turned to you and went, killer art, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how can you not feel amazing about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, with conventions and so forth, obviously the way the world has sort of changed now, you know, do you miss being able to engage with the fans, you know, a la convention season, or, you know, are you happy having the time to craft the series, as you say, and then, you know, engage with fans knowing it was done and... You know, did, did the lack of conventions take a little bit of pressure off or is that just something as a creator you just really miss engaging with the fans? Um, if we're talking fans specifically, I think it's fine. I'm not doing cons because I don't really have a new book out. Um, I do miss the creator side. Like, you know, I miss seeing, you know, my peers and people I work with because just, you know, texting and emailing is just not the same. But if I had a book out for sure, it, I I could see, I don't, like, I know, like, Mitch and Doc have their book coming out, and they're not able to, like, see the fans and the reaction to it, and I gotta imagine that stinks a little bit. But there's there's not gonna be cons when my book comes out anyway, either, so I guess it will be a little weird. Yeah, you could always try the virtual ones. No, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think you guys can see on this how spectacular at it I would be. So, yeah. Uh, you're sounding you're sounding pretty good, Clay. Don't worry. Obviously, you know things like cons have 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 taken a dive because obviously we're all inside, and you know certainly I've had the experience working from home for the past six months. But how has how has it been 
from your point of view, working for, for DC this year and indeed sort of working with Tom and Batcat, given the, the travel restrictions and the, the working restrictions, lots of Skype calls and that sort of thing, is it? Or I mean, again, it's kind of normal. I just not getting like the occasional trip and meeting these guys in person. But like I'm in a group chat with like Mitch and Doc or Evan, whatever you want to call them, and Seth and Tom, my brother Seth and Tom. And so we're talking every day or listening. But again, it just doesn't, it's just not the same, I guess. But yeah, I mean, we talk every day. That was more than it was before the pandemic. But <laughs> the same here with uh, my Coffee and Heroes brothers. It's not the same, not the same on Skype. It's better when we've, we're in person with, with a couple of beers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, so staying on, staying on Batcat. Um, we're all huge fans of the of the Batman the animated series. Um, so how does it feel to be introducing Phantasm into DC Comics continuity? Is that is that a pleasure, or is it, is it a bit of a weight on your shoulders? Um, no, it's not really a weight. It wouldn't be happening if I didn't beg for it. So I kind of asked for it. I mean, I think Dan Didito asked me like years ago, a couple of years ago like what I would want to do. And I remember saying, that's what I want to do. And, you know, I was, he said, if, you know, if you guys want to pitch it, go ahead. And so I was always bugging Tom and he's like, sure, sure. And I remember him wanting to like throw it into an issue or two when he was going to a hundred. And I was like, I don't want to waste it on one issue. Okay. It's exciting. And I also like, I love that no one's really drawn her in comics because I don't have to, like, there's, like, almost no pressure that way. Because, like, if I'm drawing Batman or Superman, you know, I'm thinking, like, God, Jim Lee's so much better. Or another character, I just, you know, see another artist. And so, in that way, I'm really enjoying it. So, it's way easier than, like, Batman and Catwoman and all that stuff. <laughs> Clay, um, tell me this. Like, what, other than Phantasm, like, what, what characters do you really love to draw? Like when you sit on at the table, what's what's exciting you? In this book or just in general? It's probably yeah. yeah, whatever. Whatever, man. I don't know. I'm not really a favorite character kind of guy. I get I like to move around, I like to jump around, I like to do things like I remember on Heroes in Crisis, I liked just love drawing Booster Gold. I didn't know who he was and I never drew him and it was just fun. But I don't want to draw Booster Gold right now because I'm over it. <laughs> but, like, I just kind of jump around and switch around. So right now it is Phantasm that I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Um, I designed some new costumes, and I'm trying to learn that on the page. And uh, Helena, or I don't even know really how to pronounce it, Helena Wayne, she's in the book, and she has a new costume that I don't even know if I like, but I gave it to her. Um <laughs> and it's fun drawing people i've never drawn before and it's nice jumping around uh around different characters so yeah i mean would it be fair to say that i know obviously you're your own harshest critic but would it be fair to say that the piece that you possibly enjoyed drawing the most was that heroes in crisis cover because there were such a wide variety of characters on there plus you got to draw tom in in the background of course he i don't even think he cared (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I, I like seeing it when it first got colored. I hate it black and white, but no, it's fun. Like, that's the thing I do like about DC. Like, I just didn't care about DC growing up, except for, you know, the cartoons. So it is very often I'm drawing a character I've never, ever drawn. And that is, it is a very nice feeling. You know, I also have no interest in, like, the Avengers and things like that. And they bore me to death. Uh, I don't know why, but they do. But that's just because I didn't grow up on them. It's okay. It's never. It's never too too late to see the light. I'm still trying to drag Keith away from Marvel, but it's fine. Yeah, come on. We're <laughs> we're, we're we're doing all right. We're 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 to and fro. And that uh, that that cover actually that you're referring to is beautiful. And I only know that because I'm sitting looking at it right now on my wall with uh, with Clay's signature on it. So thanks very much again for that, sir. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, see our... another print. Yeah. I, I... I have a couple up there actually, but um, yeah, the the framer that works in our um, in the same building that we're contained within, he said he was sick looking at that picture because there must have been anywhere between <laughs> fifty to seventy people within a week coming in saying, "Can you frame this, please? Can you frame this, please?" We got some stuff in common, him and I. So, uh, yeah, just to redirect it a wee bit back towards Batcadam, I, f- I find it really interesting you're talking about how the story sort of takes place over, you know, a short period of time. I mean, at the time, obviously, it was quite publicized that, you know, as you said yourself, Tom's run was going to be 100 issues and it got cut somewhat short. Uh, so with this, is he then getting to finish off everything he wanted to achieve with Batcat? You know, is I, I suppose what I'm asking, is this a direct follow up to his story? You know, does this ignore the work that, for example, James Tinian's doing now with Game March and Jorge Jimenez? Does this just go off on its own sort of straight line, I suppose? I I mean, I want to make a joke, but I would just say if you like Tom's run and we're reading and enjoying it, then our, ours is the main book and James' book is, uh, you know, what did he say about, what did he say about our book? It's, it's not... <laughs> It's not continuity, and enjoy your Joker War. Uh, (laughs) I'm just, I don't don't know, like, people, I do get the question constantly, is it continuity, is it continuity? And, like, honestly, if you were reading Tom's Run and you liked it, then this is your continuity, Mm -hmm. because obviously the second James took over, like, Batwoman, I mean, Batcat, yeah, it's no more. Like, what? You know? And in 10 years, is it really going to matter? Like, yeah. I don't... I don't know. I get... Again, I didn't grow up DC, so every book that I'm like, oh, everyone loves this book, or oh, it's so great, it's like, that wasn't even a continuity book. But now, it, like, I'm led to believe that The Dark Knight is continuity. Like, things like that. Like, it doesn't... I'm just not one of those sticklers for that stuff, and maybe that annoys people. But it's also like not on me. That's Tom. I just draw whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's fair. I mean, I'm I'm kind of the same. I I'm not a stickler for continuity. I just want good stories. And as you say, any good standalone Batman miniseries or maxi series or anything, or or even Tom's Superman up in the sky, which I loved. You know, it's just a great book. You don't need to know anything prior to it, and in a way, you don't need to know anything after it. So, 
I mean, I, I'm I'm very much the same. But you know, I, I I must admit, you know, when obviously when Tom stepped off the book, you know, after such a long and seminal run, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of his work, and I actually think it reads better in trades than in singles. But you know, I expected Tinian to come in and completely change, you know, quote continuity. But he seems to have actually been really respectful of a lot of the groundwork Tom laid, you know, with obviously Alfred's demise and, and things like that. Did you guys know anything that, that, that James Tinian was planning to do in advance or, you know, was it somewhat surprising he kept some of those elements in? I mean, just as an artist, I'm really not in the loop to all that stuff. But also, I mean, Tom was writing the main book of james takes over he kind of has to like cross weave it a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah i'm behind even reading it i i look through it because i enjoy the artwork um but i haven't read it so i am i couldn't even tell you you know what the connections are or aren't is there anything that you are i know you said even at the store last time you're not a big reader you you almost appreciate the art more is there anything you are reading at the moment you're enjoying or anything that comes to mind or is it just you're so focused on work that you just maybe focus on the art and that's enough it's weird like i have every intention to read a bunch of stuff because i get all the books through comiXology through dc and like even like three jokers like i'm gonna read this (laughs) and then i start looking at the pictures and i go all the way through it and i'll be like i'll read it tomorrow and then number two just came out, and I did the exact same thing. I looked at all the pictures, and I'm like, I'll read it later, and it never happens. <laughs> yeah. But it is because I just I want to do it towards the evening when I'm relaxing, and sometimes I'm just so tired. I go, you know, one day I'll get to my list of things to read. Do you guys yeah. like Three Jokers? Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you really wanted to hear the sound of a happy, over-the-top fanboy just listen to our last reviews podcast and my 20 minute soliloquy on it it, it but it but it's a good example you know it's where you know you it's were talking exactly it's, <laughs> like that was the first thing keith yelled at me he was just like this is, i hate dc's continuity this but to me it's continuity in that just as you say batcat will follow tom's run on batman this follows the new 52 dark how side can it not be how can it not be continuity because the whole rebirth started with the three jokers it's like, I don't understand. Keith, don't be stupid. That's a quote for life. <laughs> so let's, so let, let's, just, let's just rewind there a wee second. I, I think the question I asked you, Alan, was what's going on? Because I hadn't read any of, uh, any of the New 52, so I didn't know what happened before Rebirth. So I think, I think I'm being misrepresented there a wee bit, Clay. Well, wasn't the Three Jokers first in that rebirth launch that rebirth the literal yeah rebirth issue yeah so, it so was, i don't think your new 52 excuse works yes damn right it. damn it <laughs> i think he's got because yeah, i didn't read i didn't read new 52 literally like the first comic that i started reading with an interest to work at dc was rebirth that is my first book and i'm just like i enjoyed it but, like, I've been waiting for what the Three Jokers is, and I'm not going to just be like, oh, so DC kind of went a different direction and different creative teams, and Doomsday went probably a different way than it was going to go or end. And, like, that doesn't mean you just, like, wipe everything off the slate that happened before it. Just choose. I guess it's like a choose your path book to me. Yeah, that's, that's which must annoy one. people. I get it. 
No, I think that's a good way of looking at it. As I say, for me, storytelling is always keen above any, you know, tenuous links to continuity, I have to say. If people like Three Jokers in 10 years from now, they'll just assume it's continuity. Yes. It's, uh, I mean, that's what it was. Jerry Conway said something fairly, fairly similar recently where if he was in charge, he would burn continuity down. He would, uh, he would, he would start from the start again and ignore continuity. And it was not, was not the sort of thing he was chatting about, Alan. Yeah, a little bit. He was talking about streamlining and cutting down the amount of titles that are produced and giving prestige titles sort of graphic novel level production values and so forth. So it was. He made some interesting points, but there were some that were a little bit strange as well. But yeah, I mean, Three Jokers for me, it's it's almost a spiritual sequel to. Uh, the Killing Joke, and Alan Moore never wrote The Killing Joke as being continuity, but it got absorbed in. So continuity is a weird thing, as I say. I just, for me, story is king. Full stop. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, that's fair. Are there uh, are there any uh, any writers or, or artists that are uh, on your radar at the minute, Clay, or uh, anybody that's jumped out at you over over lockdown? Any stuff you've picked up that you're that uh, you're saying, oh, I'm interested in that, what that person's doing, or uh, how that looks. I'm not, haven't been reading much. I have my stuff that I have, like, I want to read. And I made a jab at Donny Cates and Ryan the other day, and I want to read this new, you know, Winter in Black or whatever it is, King in Black. And But I'll probably get it and look through it, but, like, I hope I have time to read it. That's just usually how it, it pans out. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty off the radar with what's going on. My brother usually fills me in and... So. Well, I mean, if you're looking forward to King and Black, then you're you're fairly on the radar there. That was only announced, you know, properly in this month's previews, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's it was my arrival. It was announced about <laughs> it was announced about six months ago. So it's well, uh... that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Backcat's got the the one up on King and Black. It was announced a long time ago. So. Exactly. That was yeah. Plenty of time to get that hype train rolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Clay. Um, so you're coming to an end working on Backcat. Uh, what's what's next? Are you going to take a break or are you going to jump right into something else, something creator owned, perhaps? Um, I mean, I still got. I still will be. I'll be working on Backcat for almost a year, so that's far away. But who knows? I mean, I definitely have interest in creator owned, but. I guess it depends what, you know, if the book does well and they offer me something I can't turn down or something like that, I, I'll probably stick around. But if not, if it was today, I would probably go do something creator-owned. What would uh, what would that thing that they would offer you that you couldn't turn down be, Clay? Same thing everyone would say. Probably money. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair um i mean just just on that with dc at the moment you know you've you've got a poster portfolio coming out soon from dc i mean is that a creative process that you're involved in at all you know in terms of picking the content for the portfolio or is it a case of dc saying we own all your pictures we're just going to put this book out it was weird i stumbled across it on the internet and i thought it was fake so no one told me it was going to happen but and then i was just like oh that's cool 
if it's real because I still didn't think it was. And then, um, like, I think I saw it on Amazon or something. And then, like, months and months ago. And then, yeah, I would say, like, maybe a month or two ago, they did reach out with a list of what they were planning to put into it. And I definitely had some comments on that in hopes that uh, I got some in and some... Like, I wanted some of the bat stuff, the bat cat stuff to be in there. But since it hadn't been published, it was kind of like, no. So that's I'm a little bummed about because there's some covers that I just hate that I did. But some people like them, probably. That just means you get a second poster portfolio book once bat cat comes out. I mean, I do think it's amazing I even have one. So... Well, that's it. You're in some great company for it. You know, in the last couple of years, there's been Frank Cho, there's been Jim Lee... It's been Stanley Art Germ Lau. I mean, that's that's pretty good company to be in, I have to say. Yeah, I think it's funny that they just don't like they could just be like, hey, we're making a portfolio poster portfolio for you and like realize how cool that is. But like no one ever tells you. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, but, well, that's that's when you know you've made it. They don't tell you things. They just do it. No, I don't think I made it, but <laughs> I think I drew them. I think I drew enough covers to get on a checklist for a poster book. <laughs> uh, it's well deserved, anyway. You're absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous looking artist. So I think it's deserved. Anyway. Are you, Are you talking about the art or the artist there, Roddy? The way you worded oh, that both, was uh, both, that was both, interesting. You know, yeah. <laughs> From the pictures I've seen, I've never met him in person, Alan. Unfortunately, but maybe next time. <laughs> I've gained so much weight during quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, we uh, <laughs> we absolutely loved your post uh, the other day about uh, uh, with the, the back and forth with Donny Cates um, the other day over the, the Venom did and different guys, bits and pieces. Yeah. It's so funny though. Like, did you know? Did you get it? Yeah. Joke? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I thought it was, I thought he tweeted that six months ago, and then when no one was getting the joke, I'm like, I gotta find this tweet, because I know he said it, and it said, like, 2018, and I was like, holy moly, I wanted to have some fun with them, I didn't really, I I was told that I should have put, like, little emoji faces and stuff in it, but my sense of humor is a little more dry than that so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did see that he retweeted it and put like a little sort of thinking face emoji but i get the impression donny kitts is one of those guys that has a good sense of humor the way he plays around in his podcast with chip zadarsky and rand stegman and i i think he got the joke but i think yeah you're right i think a lot of other people were as you say they they look for an excuse to <laughs> sort of complain almost but uh, i thought it was very funny i really liked it so. mm-hmm. the next day there was a 17 minute video on youtube <laughs> and he just thinks i'm completely serious and then telling me like this is like what a guy with a small like penis would do and i'm just like <laughs> a joke <laughs> oh, oh man uh, some people yeah. take stuff too seriously that's Twitter for you. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you're going to answer about this, but um, tell you tell you what, though, you could um, bury the Twitter hatchet. So you asked what I would do after a bat cat, and I was like, money, you know? But I was oh, listening was to money. the amazing um, legend uh, Rob Liefeld's podcast, 
And, um, you know, he had the whole thing in there about these crossovers, one of these episodes. Do you listen to it? I, did you listen to it, Alan? Uh, I, I have not, I must admit. Uh, but I, on your recommendation, I will add it to the list because I do listen to a lot of podcasts. He just went through the history of it and like, and it made me think of the amalgam books again. And I'm just like, that would make it, it would just, well, everyone would buy it. I just don't see a negative to it. And I'm like, man, I'm going to beg to do that when I'm done with Batcat. And I thought there was some talk of it a few months ago. And I'm like, I got bummed because I'm like, man, I'm stuck on Batcat. I would want to do something <laughs> on that. What's, uh, what was the Batman one? The Batman Wolverine was a Dark Claw. Dark, dark Claw, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the idea, like, I don't know, but not. It doesn't even have to be like the amalgam. It could just be like, why can't there just be some team up books? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I think it just sounds fun. You know, it was uh, it was the Stegman podcast. It was the Steg Ryan Stegman's podcast. Donny Cates was interviewing Scott Snyder, and they said they decided that they were gonna. They were going to kick off the next the next arc of Marvel versus DC. Uh, yeah. I think that's maybe where it where it came from. I can't. That that would be a came from uh, and went nowhere. Great. Yeah, well, not not yet, but you know, let's keep building. No. Let's keep building. No, I yeah, I hope that I hope it keeps building for a year so I can be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair point. It, 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 I suppose it just comes down to both to possibly ego, but. You know, Keith and I read a really great book recently, which was all about like the 50 year rivalry between Marvel and DC and the amount of times like a JLA Avengers book almost got off the ground, but then for a petty reason didn't. But I'm on your side. I, there's no downside. Just make it a six issue self-contained I miniseries. Learned, I learned all that. Done. I learned all that in the uh, Rob Liefeld Amazing <laughs> Legend Himself podcast. Do, does he do a podcast on how to draw feet at all? Does he do a podcast about drawing feet? Um, I don't think that was mentioned. He went into <laughs> Captain America's chest. Oh, really? Yeah. No, he, he, I, I, I have to change my opinion, of course, at, at some point, I'm sure. But no, I'll, I'll definitely give it a listen. He, he comes across as a really interesting guy. That's the thing. It's just the last thing I saw Rob in was there's this really great documentary called 25 Years of Image Comics, So Much Damage. And I mm-hmm. think they painted him in a really bad light because he was the youngest one who helped set it up. And they painted him a little bit as like the wild child and doing this and that behind the scenes. And he was responsible for can I, different things. You can, know? I ask one, can I ask something? Ask away. Do you know how old he was when this dude was making millions of dollars and like running got image and then they came to him with Heroes Reborn? Like, do you realize how this this guy was a boy? Yeah, kid. he was. 90, we would all. Yeah, I think he was twenty. Was he when he started Image Twenty Twenty One? Yeah, I th- and like I'm just like he. I just find it fascinating because he goes into like the contracts. He's saying like he's admitting that he's getting millions of dollars, and and it's just like I just it's 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 fascinating to me because it's nothing like comics that I know. Mm-hmm. It's depressing, is what it is. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> uh, no, I know people who be like, oh, he climaxed and he just lives off his, you know, he he was a one hit wonder and he's just living off that. And I'm like, isn't that the life, though? Like, just to relax and just like, 
you know, he shows pictures of his houses. And he looks modest. He looks like he's a great family guy. And so what? He made his millions when he was a kid. And he's like, who cares if he's living off his Deadpool? Like, who cares? The guy <laughs> did it right when he was young. And I think we can't deny it. Can't deny it. I think we found who your collaborator is going to be for this uh, JLA Avengers book. I didn't say that. <laughs> but is it, con- <laughs> is it continuity, I him, though? I find him fascinating. Uh, well, that's fair. As, um, uh, as I say, but if people it, just don't tell stories like he does. Yeah. Like, I just like the inside stuff. And some people say it's not true, but like, I don't care. Like, I watch movies. They're not true. I'm just listening to it and enjoying it. I love the fact that uh, that that your rivalry with Alan over uh, Rob Liefeld has extended across a year and an ocean. <laughs> yeah, just... Um... I, fe- I feel honored that I, you know, annoyed you so much with that, that you've, you've been waiting a year to unload that on me. So I, I, I feel privileged to have made a, a, an impact on your life. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Do you not like his art and him as a person? It sounds like <laughs> this is going into a whole new podcast. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of his art. I, I will say that. Um, but it, as you say, it was a different time in the '90s. It was, it was a different. As a, in the '90s, you weren't a fan either. I I can't think of anything I've read of his recently. I tried to read Major X, and I wasn't. Oh no, not now. Yeah, in the '90s, you didn't like his art. How can I diplomatically put this? Um, I, I don't own it, let me put it this way I don't own one graphic novel that he drew now or then now did you own it then no I was a DC guy and he did a lot of stuff for Marvel um, yeah I mean I've read Deadpool and bits and pieces here and there but uh, I didn't I could care less about Deadpool to be honest yeah, I mean but Cable Cable the stuff he did on Cable no, the, yeah uh, dude Cable Strife the New Mutants yeah. all that stuff I was all into that and Perfect. and his interpretation of the Avengers and Heroes Reborn was kind of was interesting as well. That was uh, an amazing podcast. I loved it. I I one hundred percent will listen to that in your recommendation. I don't even know if I want to remember. I'm saying it was fascinating to me. No, but genuinely, like I'm I'm the same. I like seeing insights to the industry. As I say, if you if you haven't seen that image documentary, I just think the way it was put together, they almost paint him as the bad guy. Yeah, the Heroes Reborn one, like, he goes into his contracts, he goes into, you know, Jim Lee being, like, almost, like, taking over Marvel, and he's talking about lawsuits they have against him, and how he won them, and, oh, my God, it's amazing. (laughs) It's like, I don't know, I think it's just, just good fun. Yeah, I mean that. uh, Yeah, that 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 was that was really that that cable stuff and that new mutant stuff. I mean. Cable remains, you know, even even nineties, all the pouches, all the big guns. Cable remains, you know, one of my uh, one of my favorites. Like so, uh, so yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely with you. So you were uh, you were saying, Clay, that uh, you know, uh, like the rest of us over lockdown, you've uh, you've maybe put on a wee bit of weight and uh, and those sorts of things. But uh, I mean, the rest of us, we've all been we've all been binging Netflix and that sort of thing. Anything anything on Netflix standing out for you over the over the lockdown period? These past few months just a blur. Give me yeah. name something. Did you watch what, Watchmen? No, I started to. Highly. Re- I, I can I- also confess I've never even read Watchmen. Okay, this conversation is over. This conversation is over. <laughs> Cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> 
my God, you have a problem with no feet. I tried reading that book years ago, and I'm like, why are there so many words? <laughs> You're pulling out my soul here, Claire. You're pulling out my soul. I read that book at least once a year. That's uh, that, that's one of my Bible books, I have to say. When I tell people I got in the 90s and only went forward, uh, they do lose some respect for me. <laughs> Well, I always say the same thing. If we all liked the same thing, the world would be a boring place. Yeah, I could like it. I probably would get way more out of it now as an adult than when I tried reading it in the past. Okay, so what we're going to so, do is we're going to set up a future podcast three months down the line. You're going to read. Months. You're going to read Watchmen. I'm going to read the 90s Rob Liefeld omnibus, and we're going to compare notes. I don't even think I read it as a kid. <laughs> Just look at the art. Fair. That's fair. Um, you know, you'd mentioned your brother, Seth, earlier. I, one of my favorite stories when you were in the store was about how, you know, you guys collaborated on a cover, I think it was for Marvel, and you signed your name, The Man Boys, and they really didn't take too kindly for it. You know, can we, can we see The Man Boys on a cover again anytime soon? He doesn't really ink me anymore. Uh, maybe inside a cover? I don't know. That's, he, you know, he dabbles in writing and we talk about doing something together too so even that might be something creator owned i think of in the future do something just do something with my brother keep it in the family mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so we'll see we'll see and then i i had one final question i don't know if the guys will jump in with another question after this but but i have to ask this although i fear what the answer is going to be and it's probably going to have a rob liefeld poster in the window but can we expect to see a Coffin Hero store in Backcat in Gotham City with a Rob, Can, Life, with a Rob Liefeld poster appearing here today? <laughs> oh, can you see your store in the book? Yeah. Um, you, you have our blessing on audio to use our logo. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I could probably do that somewhere. Because I, I, I have joked ever since the signing. You know, because we, we sort of chatted about it. I, I don't know if you'll remember, but we sort of chat about it a little bit. And I said, oh, you could draw the store into the book. And you said, oh, I don't think I haven't thought about that. I don't know. Maybe you were just being nice. But I, I've joked with everybody that if like Batcat came out and you saw like Coffee and Heroes in the background, I would just clo- mm-hmm. I would just close the store because I've officially completed comics because we would be <laughs> part of Batman's canon. So, oh. <laughs> I can I can do that for you. For sure. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy. Unless they put a word balloon over it, they always do that kind of thing. Oh, that would be. <sighs> it. I would just see. I I still wouldn't care. It would be like I'm smarter than that though. I I if I did it, I wouldn't do it in just one panel. I'd make sure, <laughs> unless it was super obvious. But no, I can do that. I'll do that. I have enough. You could have. Okay. You could have Keith outside being grumpy at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge. <laughs> oh. I can do that. We have that now on record, guys. So, you know, that's that that has to be it. So um yeah, cool. I mean that's that's pretty much all the questions we had sort of sort of wrote down. As I say, I was and we've uh, we've taken an hour of your time now at this stage. Yeah, I feel a bit that's guilty. Great. When Bat Cat is late blame yourselves <laughs> <laughs> I, I look forward to you telling you know stories and interviews of how you had to go and sit outside a hotel to get wi-fi to talk to these people who wouldn't leave you alone so you know yeah it's okay yeah but uh but yeah so i mean i hope uh i hope everything uh, everything goes well for you over the next uh, over the next few months and uh 
and uh, we're certainly certainly thinking about you uh, over there in that uh, in that crazy part of the world. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, uh, hope you come out the other end all right. Yeah. You, you Just know. skip ahead. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Fair. Well, yeah. as I say, uh, we really, really appreciate your time sort of coming on and chatting to us. Um, you know, people do genuinely still speak about that event in the store as, you know, just one of the best times we've had in the store. So it was, uh, it's hard to believe a year's passed, but yeah, it was a wonderful time and it was great talking to you again, man. So uh, as I say, really, really appreciate it. No, same here. I, yeah. I still talk about that with my friends and yeah, it was great. That I, restaurant, everything. I, I was glad was I was awesome. finally able to get a bottle of whiskey too because it still breaks my heart to this day. I went through so much effort. You know the bottle we gave you on the on the evening. I was so mad. Oh, uh, I went Not mad, like mad as I get mad. Just I guess I was disappointed because part of me was like, man, well, I should have just broke that thing open. Because <laughs> at least like one sip would have been more enjoyment than getting the empty box. <laughs> I can't believe they send you the box but took the whiskey. Like I went through so much trying to I didn't know you couldn't post alcohol in the post. My naivety, I suppose, but I No, but the like and just to leave the Guinness, by the way, I mean I love the Guinness and I probably would have liked it better than the whiskey. But, you know, I know a lot of people who like it. <laughs> well, I was glad I was able to get a bottle to you in the end anyway, so I hope you enjoyed that one. <laughs> it is whiskey, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. I'm so I'm not good with my liquors. <laughs> oh, that's grand. That's um, Mitch. Yeah, M- Mitch, uh, if he doesn't open up his own distillery at some point, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. You know, he's he's already designed about 100 labels for bottles, so uh yeah, I think we'll see that at some point, I have to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I say, I'll, we'll we'll not keep you any longer. Uh cheers again for this. Uh, I'm sorry that it was so much sort of effort for you in terms of, I know you were having trouble with your Wi-Fi and, and different things. So we really appreciate the effort you went to. Yeah, no yeah thank you, Clay. Yeah, good to talk to you again, Clay. Same here, guys. Cool. Appreciate it. hope that was okay. We're all yeah, good. That was great. Cheers. We'll do it again. A couple issues come out and you can ask me some real questions I'll, that I can answer. I'll have my Rob Liefeld questions ready. <laughs> okay. You again. could do a variant cover or something, you know? Oh, God, please do. <laughs> No, oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, Roddy said, oh, you could get Rob to do a variant cover for Wait. Back Cat, and before I could even realize Can what I was saying. Can you guys do a retailer exclusive with him? There you go. You, you, put me in, you put me in contact with him, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> next, that'll be our next interview. We'll get him on. <laughs> right, we really will say goodbye now. Right. Cheers again, Clay. Yeah, thank you, Clay. All right. See you guys. Take care. All right, man. Take care. Be safe. Bye. All right. You too.